Hello and welcome to the FEZ show. It is the 25th of May 2020 and boy do we have a chat show today. We will be reviewing the fifth round of the ABB championship but to be honest it's going to be about Daniel Apt and the unbelievable stunt that he pulled over the weekend which has probably put the race at home challenge on the map because everyone is talking about it all weekend well probably just the Sunday because that's when we found out this incredible story about Daniel Apt so joining me to discuss the madness is Edward Hunter and Jack Pickering morning boys good morning morning Jack <laughs> yeah oh, what a boys. crazy crazy story Boys, I couldn't believe it. Get your lemon juices ready. It's it's a juicy show. Indeed it is. Daniel App, boys. So let's let's explain basically what's happened. So basically, Daniel App got an well, he basically fielded an illegible drive, is probably the correct term. Um so he basically didn't race in the race at home challenge. He basically got a sim racer in, I think it's Lorenzo or Lorenzi. Horazing, I probably pronounced that. Lorenz Herzing, yeah. I, yeah, I knew I'd pronounce that incredibly wrong, you know, but I suppose you need to make a rule sometimes. The way you pronounce the name is probably the correct way to pronounce a name. Um, but, so he got the sim race, obviously, then to, to race to race instead of him, and, and it raised suspicion straight away. Like, I was on Stoffel Van Dorn's stream because, you know, he, he's really good at showing just basically what's going on in terms of lap times, especially for the practice, so we can keep everyone on Twitter sort of um, you know, aware of who's quick and who's not quick, um, for example. And as soon as Daniel Apt, Jack, set that qualifying time, you must have been delighted because you've picked him for a great weekend. But Stoffel Van Dorn was like, I need to phone out. That, no way is that him. Yeah, no, when, when he when he set that lap time at the start of qualifying, I thought, oh, okay, this 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 might be good because because I'm pretty sure Nichols, Nichols was saying, like, oh, a 1093 is a banging time. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 it, uh, it's going to happen. I, I was uh, uh, I was readying the trophy and everything. I mean, yeah, it, I was uh, I was uh, I was ready to like come on here on uh, today and just brag to all of you how Daniel App was magnificent this weekend. And and um, yeah, no, he, but he 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 started for, well. He didn't, but it, the thing. Okay, so the car that was Daniel App started second and went on to finish third, and um, and yeah, no, what what I initially understood of it was I thought that is I thought that someone did the qualifying for him, then he did the race, but no, it was just someone else for the entire thing. But no, it was yeah, I I I was in disbelief about it. I'm I'm not sure if it was the pressure of me saying uh, Daniel App's going to have a good weekend that uh, that uh, that he decided to get a sim racer in to do it, but um, no, it's yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it, it it was very shocking and very surprising on Sunday when this all emerged. No, it was like I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, like I went onto his Twitch stream, so there was a lot of debate, Ed, because you know people been putting a picture up of him, you know, Mike hidden his face, and people thinking, ah, oh, that, that's clearly clearly not him. And I saw that while I we were watching. I thought, let me go on Daniel App's stream and let's, you know, let's just go on it. Because obviously he's doing a Twitch stream as well. And I go on to Daniel App's Twitch and who do I see who looks like he's in that seat? Microphone in a very similar position. Daniel Apt. So, like, the Simra, so Lorenzo, he wasn't in the car, which makes sense. He wasn't going to go to App's house and I don't know, I know Germany's lockdown restrictions are sort of, you know, less. 
but I wouldn't imagine, you know, people coming to people's house. So App was there and he was moving the steering wheel. But so I thought nothing of it. So I thought, well, App must be driving. He must be just a Berlin specialist. But what didn't tr- trigger in my brain is that I was just watching Daniel App. If I, why would I be watching Daniel App instead of a game capture of the race? That didn't twig in my head um, when when that happened. So thinking back now for me when I went on his stream, he's obviously faking it, and you know that camera could still be him because the way the way that it was positioned, even on his stream, it would have covered his face, but it would have just been him faking driving effectively because or he was or you just driving a different race. Yeah, he went to so much subterfuge to, to try and fool everyone. And uh, I tried to look for that stream that you mentioned of just him driving and he's deleted it. And that seems to be a tacit admission or just sort of, <laughs> or he wants to delete the evidence basically so no one can see it. But um, but yeah, you know what, the real, the really sad thing is it's clear that by getting the sim racer in, that he's sort of admitting, look, you know, I'm crap at sim racing <laughs> and... I, it, it's just better if I just get someone who actually knows what they're doing in. which in of itself I, if he had just come up and been up front and said look I don't want to race and race at home challenge anymore it's really boring um, basically forces are forcing me to do it I'd rather Lorenz race because he's a friend of mine and he's with you because they are good friends that's why he agreed to you know do this crazy scheme thing if they had just been up front and it was clear that it was Lorenz driving and not Daniel Act then I don't think there would be a problem or any kind of story at all but they were dishonest and they lied about it. And that's why Daniel Lapp has ended up having to pay, uh, what was it, 10,000 10, euros to charity, right? Uh, he got disqualified from the race and all the previous races as well. Lorenz Herzing has been disqualified too and banned from the Sim Races Challenge race. So in a way, Lorenz actually got a, a raw deal, <laughs> a worse deal out because 10,000 euros, that's sort of nothing to Daniel Lapp. That's a drop in the ocean, I imagine, even though, you know, obviously, all the drivers are taking pay cuts at the moment and we're in a time where not long have incomes. It might hurt more than usual, but still, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to uh, really dent Daniel App's wallet that much. And it'd be interesting to see whether he actually comes back now because is he contracted to by his sponsors or is he going to or is, or is sit out and there's just going to be an empty spot on the grid because they can't trust him anymore. You make a really good point in terms of sponsors and I'm going to get to that very soon. But honestly, when I saw... Jack, when I saw it, you know, a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and so forth, you know, quite rightly so, you know, calling him basically like a stooge, like he, you know, he, he basically ruined it. And honestly, I was like, in my head, I was like, what a legend. I can't believe that you've actually done this. Like you've actually made a mockery of this series, of this championship. And I saw the comedy element in it. Like I saw, okay, I can see how this is can be quite funny, but... The problem is, like, you have to be, he put himself at risk, even with the, you know, potential comedy element, and that is kind of like a Daniel App thing to do. You know, the risk of losing sponsors, the risk of losing his driver, Audi, was all put on the line from this, because, you know, I'm going to Bubba Wallace in NASCAR, basically rage quit in a NASCAR sim race, just, it didn't go his way, he rage quit. He lost his sponsors from that. So, Daniel Apt easily could have lost his race seat from Audi from doing this. He could have lost sponsors. You know, it could have been a really big deal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think I, I think over the last few months we've seen some um, uh, we've seen some quite controversial moments in uh, in sim racing. We had um, Pagano Norris a few weeks ago. Um, 
obviously this has happened. Uh, one of the NASCAR drivers, I've forgotten his name, but he dropped the N-bomb uh, on a stream or something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think... Yeah, I, I, the thing is, well, one thing I think is clear is that these drivers, they don't, they don't really care about the sim racing. Uh, they they're just using it to like pass the time to until uh, until we get back to normal soon. But um, but yeah, I yeah, and and so and uh, and so yeah, if 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 they're not gonna t- so yeah, if they're not gonna take it seriously, then they won't take it seriously. I mean, uh, what what one of the one of the examples last last night, uh, the um uh, the F1 Monaco virtual. Uh, the, the, the F1 Monaco Virtual Grand Prix. Um, that was an absolute train wreck. Um, apart from George Russell, who just romped, romped away at the front and never saw anyone else ever again. But um, but no, I yeah, I think um, but yeah, these the, these these drivers don't care. And I think the whole reason why this whole apt thing's blown up is because it was a charity race. Uh, if, it, it, if, if it was a bog standard sim race, it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, whatever. But because it was for charity, it kind of need it, it it's 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 kind of that that little bit worse and so uh and uh, and so that's why there's been this much backlash from it and then uh, and then he's had to pay the ten thousand pounds to um to uh, uh to unicef for it um we're gonna make a quick side note because you mentioned the f1 virtual gp and i obviously i agree with you that obviously the race being with charity or probably elevates this actually being as worse as it is but i want to bring that in slightly just as a quick off subject because obviously that race, there was a lot of penalties for drivers. There was no damage. That's what I really want to talk about. There was no damage. And, you know, they did the not the GP, which is the Veloce one, which is run by John Eric Verne on the Saturday, which had damage. And they said, man, if we're going to have damage for that race on on Sunday, Jack, then the celebrity drivers, they're going to crash out. We're going to crash out. Like, it, it wasn't a great race for Monaco, so they turned the damage off. And, you know, to be fair, there was still, even though they were hitting the walls every two seconds, you know, there was good racing. Like, I was entertained. And obviously, Formula E decided not to go to the damage routine. And, you know, we had the damage, there was huge crashes. But then they implemented the 80% damage. It's had no effect. It's had absolutely no effect on the ABB Race at Home Challenge because they're still crashing into each other every two seconds. So I'm thinking now from that decision that they did, of having no damage at Monaco, you know, could could a former E maybe stuck at no damage, and maybe we would have had better racing, or do you think it still would have been just as horrible as as it has been? Uh, with that, I don't, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it worked out for the F1 virtual race. I don't think it will work out for, for Formula E if they go back to zero damage, because the thing is that we had it 25 percent for the um, for the uh, for the practice race and then it went up to 80 percent and hong kong was really clean and then we went to leicester and and just and uh, absolute hell uh, hell broke loose uh, with uh, with the turn one and then we went back to monaco and then it just and then we still had turn one shenanigans and then we went to hong kong we still had turn one shenanigans but berlin is a track where you don't really have turn one shenanigans unless you're marching car at the back of the field but um it wasn't his fault it wasn't his fault it wasn't his fault i will i uh, I will admit that but he's the only driver that i remember involved in that accident it was nick Um, devries caused it i watched his stream nick devries didn't even go for the brakes he took out mar later when he was going to be eliminated he just ran right into turvy at the last corner so oh, I'm always I'm more angry at Nick DeVries than Benny Lappin. To be honest, it it, it it just shows that 
none of the drivers really care about this series. Yes, it's good for charity, but I, I, I don't think anyone's been positive towards the uh, the race royale format um, and, and and the fact that we've been back to all these tracks over and over again. Uh, I, I, I think it shows that yeah, uh, this the, this series has been a little bit of a write off. But but going back to Apt now, like, did he show Ed that? You know, what Formula E have done by having this 24, the full driver grid in sense, was probably the wrong thing to do. And having a mix between... But then I suppose I was looking at the F1 virtual race and they don't have a mix between, you know, sim racers really. And, um, you know, they just got key influencers like a Bamiyang and, and, you know, they had the Despacito guy in there yesterday that sung that song. Um, and... and and there you go. And, and, and it was just the F1 driver. So there wasn't really many, like, sim racers um, in that grid. Um, but, you know, maybe Fornery could have done something very similar, which they were quite successful in, in the Vegas E-Race, when they had the sim racers race alongside the actual drivers. And when you've got the likes of Verline, Van Dorn, you know, Roland, who we'll get into in a moment, who's getting quicker and quicker, Pascal Verline, uh, Gumpfer. So... Demog up against sim racers that might have made a much more entertaining race than what we're having right now and getting these drivers who are now maybe getting a bit tedious and getting a bit bored of this race at home championship possibly yeah i guess uh lorenz sort of almost proved your point that uh you made uh, several i think you've made it consistently at this point that putting the sim racers and the fe drivers together would have been would have made for a more interesting race and uh yeah, I, I guess in a way we've seen a, a fair bit of good racing actually from the sim racers rounds and it almost seems odd that Formula E are promoting the Formula E drivers around the driving standards are significantly lower and then the, the sim racers one is just done, got out of the way earlier almost in a way and but that's the one where the big prize is at the end, that's the one where the driving, the racing is better frankly on the most part and it was interesting. I think if Lorenz hadn't, hadn't been in the Formula E drivers race in you know in place of Daniel Apt, I think Stoffel van Dorn would probably have run away with it at the front, and uh, Oliver Owen would not have got the chance to sneak through down them because it was only because he was doing. I think uh, Remco was uh, reacting to it. He said it was a, oh, I thought that was a sim racers move from Apt, and then I've, it wasn't Apt, and now I know why. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. Um, so, so I, I would love to see it, but I think with the format they've got, it's not like they can halfway through just have half the FE drivers drop out and just put in the sim races now. <laughs> it would yeah. be a bit difficult to do. Is, Jack, is App's career in Formula over now? You know, he was on the fence. He was on the fence with Audi. And now he's come out, he's cheated. It's not a good look for Audi. And I said, you know, the consequences for you know, what he's done, we're only two days on, it could still be huge, you know, his consequences, and whether or not he does lose sponsors, or he does eventually lose his drive with Audi, this could be a good reason for, for Audi not to, to re-sign him, because they're effectively going to endorse a cheater, in effect, and that's what I mean, yes, I can see the comedy element of it, I really can, and to be fair, as I said, when I saw it, I went, what a legend, I can't believe you've done that. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't believe the risk that you've taken with your Formula E career by doing that. Because, you know, as I said, we saw, as I said earlier, we saw it with people, you know, losing sponsors with rage quitting and so forth. And, you know, he's on the fence about keeping his seat 
at Audi, we're talking about him as one of the drivers who went into the season most vulnerable for losing his seat, and now he's given Audi a good reason to let him go. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I take that point, but the thing, I don't, I don't think his, I don't think his Formula E career is over. He's still a decent driver, and the, and, uh, and, and the fact that he did this in a sim race, I mean, I, I, I don't think it will affect it as much as like what we've seen with, um, uh, w- uh with things like Carl Larson in, in, in NASCAR. I don't think he's going to be to like that extent or anything like that. Um, I think most people will kind of see it in a few months' time as like something funny that happened. I think uh, I, I think this is all blown up now, and then probably in about two weeks' time we won't even really care about it that much. But um, but yeah, no, I think um, I think he can still stay in Formula E. I think it's still going to be fine. And 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 even if he does lose that seat to Audi, I I reckon that a lot of teams will um will will. Uh, we'll look at uh, we'll look at him as like a possibility to fill one of their seats instead. Um, what else was I going? Oh yeah, I was going to compare it to um, uh, a couple a couple years ago. Um, there was an incident in Moto Two involving Romano Fanati, where he where he went alongside. I th- uh, I think he was passing Stefano Manzi in in uh, in um, Misano, and uh, and and he pulled his brake le- and he pulled. Um, Manzi's brake lever um, whilst uh, whilst going past him, and he got a uh, he got a ban for life, which was then overturned um, about eight months later. He returned to Moto Three. I think I think he had one win um, last season, and he's now racing for Max Biaggi's team. So I don't think um, so. Yeah, I think that is severely worse than what Daniel App's done. So I think. Um, I, I don't think it's over, and I, I reckon he will still be in Formula E in what in one shape or form for the foreseeable future. You know, but has what I've done, Ed? Has it highlighted just how how bad I would say that this race at home challenge has been? Because if you're losing interest in the drivers, and you've got this race royale format, which let's face it hasn't really worked and i suppose if you know maybe drivers are thinking what's the point in me practicing for me going out in maybe that's what app thought. maybe he thought what's the point of me putting all this effort in to race two laps and at least if he there was no race royale format he would have raced the whole thing and maybe that would motivate him so if there was an error like he can still try and race back through and try and get a decent result out of it but knowing that he could be out after the end of lap two you know if you're if you know you're going to be in that elimination zone at some point during that race after the first five you know three or four laps maybe you're thinking you know what is the point of me even turning up each week i might as well just throw a ringer in for a laugh yeah i don't think that's really an excuse but uh, yeah i can see why he might be tempted to feel that way and that might have influenced his decision. Um, two things really come to mind. One is that uh, the organisers of Race at Home Challenge really need to work on their sort of uh, authentication to check that, you know, who's actually in there because it seemed like obvious after qualifying and then they had the whole sim races race to sort really sort the situation out and nip it in the bud and then they just decided not to do anything until after the actual FE drivers race. Uh, so I, I think, I think, so I think, they could maybe have um, reacted a bit quicker, but I guess maybe there wasn't enough suspicion. Maybe people weren't raising their suspicions uh, to them early enough until after the race. It depends because we only really heard Van Dorn and Vern on stream complaining about it after the race. I'm sure they were mentioning it on stream a bit earlier. But um, second thing is 
I have a wild conspiracy theory about this that I feel I feel like maybe Daniel Act has done this uh, uh, deliberately, not in, not really thinking that he would actually get away with it. Because uh, do you remember in Hong Kong when he was basically blagging after the race? He was he was bragging about how his stream had more views than the actual Formula E stream on YouTube, and so it almost I almost wonder if he's done this deliberately, knowing he will get caught, knowing it will make a sort of sensationalist story at a time when there's not much else going on and that uh, it would i've seen like what 30 or 40 articles written by different like news outlets online all about this basically regurgitating the same thing and i wonder if he's done that just to create a little bit of a story and that he didn't think maybe that he would actually get any kind of punishment for it and he might maybe because he did seem a bit surprised at having to pay in his statement at least having to pay like the ten thousand euros but the thing is, the thing is, which is hilarious, and someone actually mentioned this to me on Facebook, actually said, I bet Formula E put him up to it. And I was like, imagine that. I'm, obviously, I don't think that's true in the slightest. Like, no, I don't think, I don't I don't think, think that's, that's true. conspiracy theory too far for me. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think that's true. But at the same time, you're right. There's, there's publications who haven't written one article about the Race at Home Challenge, wrote an article about the Race at Home Challenge on Sunday. And... As I said at, at the beginning of the show, like the publicity that it got was was incredible. So, you know, whether or not someone put him up to do it, Jack, I I, I don't know, but and I, I doubt it. But at the same time, as I said, it just highlights that. And I, going back to your earlier point, Ed, where you know, if he had no idea, no idea that the uh, app had done that, there was no way to check it. So, in a sense, anyone could have done it. You know, if anyone could have done it at that point. So, you know, let's go back to race one. Like, he could have had someone, anyone could have had someone racing fake for them. And no one would have known because if it was race one, no one knows how good you are. Therefore, if you put someone as a sim racer in race one, you, you're winning races. No one's questioning it. You just carry on. Yeah, no, I think uh, 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 I think with the publicity that they have got from this, I think uh, I think they've got way more publicity than they have got over the past five weeks. But the thing is, I, I you you have to look at this, and then also think back to September 2014 when the Formula E Championship first started up. Uh, they had the first race in Beijing, and the thing is, most people after that race don't talk about the race; they talk about that Heidfeld Prost incident, and that's what blew Formula E wide open into, into like, may, well, not mainstream media, but mainstream media. But, um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, for, Formula E seems to have a knack of having a controversial thing and then it blowing up, but, yeah. Yeah, oh, but honestly, though, Oliver Rowland, wow. Oliver Rowland, obviously coming in, obviously... Lorenzi, or, or I can't even, I'm not even, Lorenz. yeah, you know, basically was fighting with Van Dorn, they went wide at the turn six sort of hairpin, and boom, Oliver Rowland comes in, and who has been quick throughout this whole entire E-Race uh, series, Ed, and was able to keep Van Dorn behind, so he did an amazing job to take the victory, and, you know, I've been saying, you know, Rowland's been quick, he's been there in the practice times, and he finally got his uh, just deserves. Yeah, exactly. It was a brilliant performance by Ollie Rowland. And he was there, there I think he qualified in the top three, he was there or thereabouts the whole way through. 
and really picked up the pieces when <laughs> Lorenz and Van Dorn ended up getting, uh, holding each other up because, like I said, Lorenz made a sim racist sort of dive and it didn't quite work out for him. But yeah, um, it's almost a shame that uh, Roland's uh, this great performance, which he's sort of been building up to for a few weeks now, putting all, all the practice he's been putting in, that this uh, great win has sort of been overshadowed, unfortunately. And uh, uh, But I'm sure for Roland, he still gets the points, so he doesn't care about what happened behind him. So Yeah, yeah and obviously Maxi Gunther Jack, like championship leader, well, was championship leader, looked like he was dominating the series. And again, Pascal Verline with who did, I don't think got penalized for that move at the the sort of the second to last hairpin where he sort of just came in on the inside and pushed him to the wall you know people were expecting him to potentially get a penalty from that but he looked like he got away with that scot-free which obviously sent Gunther into a spin gave Gunther some damage and you know Verlan picks up a, a load more points ahead of Gunther to extend his lead now in the in the championship well yeah and I think with the um uh, with the whole Danyat fiasco I think Pascal got promoted to the podium, but uh, what, one thing that I did realise was um, we went 20 minutes into the show without even speaking about the race winner, so good job from everyone there. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think pa- the, the, the Pascal Gunter incident, um, I, do, I do think maybe he should have picked up, like, maybe a couple second penalty, penalty or something like that, uh, but, but at, at the end of the day, yeah, I think it was... It, it it was kind of firm firm but fair but I uh, it was kind of a bit like when um, who put Massa in the wall in Santiago um, well didn't put him into the wall but in uh, oh, it wasn't uh, Roland, uh, was it? in the second last uh, hairpin but um but yeah no it was um uh, uh, it was kind of similar to that to that incident but yeah yeah I, I can't remember who put Massa in I'm the pretty sure it was Roland <laughs> yeah. no 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 not last year this year oh, um, yeah. oh god i don't remember <laughs> my brain, brain my brain's gone I, I can't remember but you know a lot of people have been saying like there should be more penalties and that's also what's making the racing not as serious as it could be ed is that you know drivers are doing these bands eye moves hitting a driver into the wall and not getting a penalty for it and and therefore if that's promoted then more drivers are going to just do these bands eye moves and push them into the wall because they can get away with it yeah, exactly. And especially with the elimination format, like I said, Nick DeVries knows, knew he was going to be eliminated. So he basically went full speed into Oliver Turvey just to barge him out of the way at the last corner. And that really shouldn't be on. And of course, you can penalise Nick DeVries, but Oliver Turvey's already out because he's been eliminated. So, yeah, you can't really exactly redress the balance. And I guess it's the point of view, oh, they're not going to penalise Nick DeVries for going full speed in someone. How can they penalise uh, Pascal Verline for pushing Gunther into the wall? Which is, you know, arguably... Uh, sort of not quite as severe. Obviously, it affected Gunther's race, but it was sort of a Pascal-Berline defending position. It was. I don't think it was clear that, oh, he was just driving straight into the wall. It was just sort of a bit careless from uh, Berline, in my opinion, in terms of, and maybe a bit over-aggressive. It didn't feel like he did that with the intention of taking Gunther out. And uh, I'd be interested to hear what Berline's thoughts on that if he said them anywhere. But, uh, but yeah, uh, they were definitely a bit lax with penalties, and perhaps that's by design. Yeah, and I suppose that, Jack, it just, you know, then it, that's where the fun comes in, that's where the seriousness goes out of it, and that's where, you know, people don't start taking things as serious as it should be, and and the whole thing, the whole standard of this championship just completely drops, 
and, and, and there you go. No wonder why drivers aren't taking it as seriously as they could be if they know they can get away with stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, th- I yeah, I, th- I think as 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 we've said, it, uh, no, no one from uh, no, none of the Formula E drivers are really taking it that seriously. They're just using it as like a filler until we go back to re- until we go back to real racing, whenever that may be. But um, but yeah, no, I think um, uh, I think most I think most people kind of wrote off the race at home challenge re- very early on, which which is a shame because they're doing it, it. It it's for a good cause, and that's why it's sad that they that like people have written it off. So that uh, so uh, so that is a sh- so that is a shame. But um, but yeah, no, the the the, the driving standards have been subpar. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call it. And I suppose the sim racing community, Ed, you know, are probably saying that, you know, people were loving probably to get sim racing through, you know, started and, and really give it that boost in popularity was having these real drivers in it. You know, because you, you, you'd watch these real drivers on the weekend and seeing them doing virtual races, you know, you'd hope that that would build, you know, sim racing up. But, you, you know... The community now is asking whether or not actually having real drivers in the sim racing community is actually the best thing to do because if they're not taking it seriously because you know they can get away with stuff that they wouldn't do in real life for example then you know it brings that sim racing community down actually in terms of its quality and what it is about rather than raising the standards yeah exactly and um especially in combination with the, the app story as well it's stuff like that that really damages sim racing if you remember back to the vpc race the what well, probably the reason why formerly stayed away from sim racing for so long was because of the whole fan boost glitch with Oli Pakula and the controversy that caused, which again was a big story at the time because there was so much money on the line. And uh, yeah, so, but, but yeah, I, I think going forward, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the sim racing community really reacts whether they start doing their own events independent of, um, you know, these big uh, official sports like Formula One, Formula Three, et cetera. You know, what's interesting, though, you know, obviously it was great that we had Berlin, like obviously a new track, which probably, you know, probably deserved to be talked about more in this show than it has been because of the events that's happened. But, you know, formerly have teased another DLC, Jack, and I'm going to go to you, Jack, because Ed's very pessimistic about these types of things. Um, So, you know, they're releasing the track again on Friday. So they made that, oh, we're going to we're going to tell you we're racing on Friday. And I'm like, okay. Another DLC then, because if we, we you know, because where else would we race? What's the point in telling us on Friday that we're racing at Monaco, Hong Kong, or Electric Docks again? Like, you might as well just tell us now that's what you're going to do. So I think they've fueled themselves that, you know, maybe Studio 397 have actually had a few tracks that they've had to work on over this COVID-19 period. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? Um, yeah, no, I, I, it, I can't see us going back to Monaco or Hong Kong or Electric Docks. Yes, um, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, no. I, th- I if it, it if we do get another track, then that's absolutely fantastic. And then uh, and uh, and and then after that, we only that there is only one more round left. So if if they're going to do another DLC, surely it's going to be another uh, another exciting big track. So. Yeah no we um uh, so yeah no we will we'll look forward to that whenever it is and um uh 
uh, and yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If it's a new track, if they go back to Hong Kong, Monaco, or just one of the tracks we've done already, just not on. Yeah, I suppose it highlights that Ed Formula E obviously wasn't taking sim racing as seriously as it was, but at least it's good now that you know things are starting to be in place and there are more official tracks for people to buy, for people to then go out and, and race on, and actually you're sort of starting that process of making a Formula E game in the future. And you have to say full credit to the team at uh, Studio 397 and the sort of Africa 2 Formula E team that's sort of been working away on that Berlin track and if what you say is true, he's also been working on another track that's going to apparently release on Friday. <laughs> but the, the, they have met, they've done a pretty good job to do it in such a short, tight deadline by the sounds of things, especially with, as well with the end of lockdown too. What do you think, Ed? Personally, what do you think, Ed? If we're not getting a DLC, where are we racing next week? Why would they hold it? I don't know. I think they just like to build tension. And uh, also it means that Nikki can just say, oh, mystery track at the end of the broadcast. In the we're, go, we're, we're going to Rainbow great. Road, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because I think there's, in the original R-Factor, someone did put Rainbow Road in, but yeah, it's just a mod. <laughs> but anyway, someone put a Lego city in there, too. <laughs> that would be interesting, oh. come to think of it. Uh, it's still my own project, but anyway. <laughs> Never mind. But anyway, boys, I suppose it's better time to sort of wrap this show up now. It, an amazing story on the weekend, and obviously the fallout of it, you know, really hasn't, come out yet and you know if there will be any fallout we'll probably know fairly soon if app starts losing things or, or if more repercussions are put on him um we probably will find out in a couple of days we, we will put in sort of an interview request we wanted to talk to him anyway but now i reckon it's going to be much harder to talk to daniel app about obviously to, to actually get hold of him now simply because of what's happened over the weekend so hopefully their press officer will be kind to us so if we can get him on great if we can't we can't but we'll try um but boys, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Oh, no worries, Jack. <laughs> um, if, if you're, of course, if you're enjoying the content, obviously hit that like button and subscribe button. It makes a great difference to us and we love it and appreciate it massively. If you want to come chat to us, why not? Why wouldn't you want to come chat to us? Hit that Discord link. Come and chat to us in the Discord link about Formula E Bat. It's all blowing up in there at the moment. It's hilarious the stuff that some people are writing in there. Um, so all good. Come and join us in there. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you very soon. Goodbye.